I'm Nana, and welcome to episode 152 of Blurred R Us. Um, I'm by myself today, um, but again, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm by myself. I have a wonderful guest from overseas. Um, I am with the one and only Daniel Hartnett. How's it going, man? Look, we're all by ourselves right now, you know? <laughs> yeah, man, this quarantine is proper messed up. So um, I have a... I, I'm... I've got so many different things I want to talk to you about from anime to gaming to movies to pop culture, like everything. Um, well, let's not fucking bury the lead. Let's get right into it, my yeah, man. Yeah, so like, you, I don't know. Am I meant to call you like Dr. Daniel Hopner or or what is it? <laughs> Why? Because I have a fake PhD in a made up science? Yes, but you are like a kaiju expert, which is absolutely amazing. So, uh, like, correct me if I'm wrong, like, if there was, like, kaijus attacked the earth, would the president holler at you to come and offer advice? Um, I mean, I don't know if you would know immediately, but I'd be blasting him on Twitter being like, yo, yo, pick me, pick me. <laughs> I got this. I got it. We'll get it all figured out. Let's go. Listen, I, I, if if you ever get that phone call, yeah, please um, put me on your, your staff in it. And um, get them to fly me over and, like, I will be your personal bodyguard. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. In a normal kaiju situation, I'm going to be a bitch and run away in it. But if I'm on your staff and, like, I'm, I'm getting paid to protect you or getting paid to do whatever you need me to do, yeah, I I am there. Absolutely, man. No, I'd, I'll definitely have you on staff. We'll have a whole, whole fucking, you know, scientific community after it's over. That's amazing. So, like, how did your love of kaijus and monsters begin like what got you into it and like to get so deep go so deep into it so when i was five years old um my dad came back from a business trip from london ironically enough <laughs> and you know you know as parents do as kids when they travel overseas and whatnot overseas and so forth they'll bring back souvenirs for your kids and everything i don't remember what the fuck he got my older brother but what he got me was and this was about 1989 yeah this had been like 1989 uh he got for me uh what's called the six inch imperial godzilla figure mm -hmm. so imperial was a specific one that they made and it was a tie into the 1984-1985 reboot of the franchise and so it was a really like a lot of people around my age have that toy and it was one of the like first things but i hadn't seen any movies i knew nothing about it mm -hmm. so he just brought it because i was into dinosaurs and had a bunch of dinosaur toys and so you know fit right in with all that and then and he became my favorite because like a t-rex but he's got stegosaurus spikes on the back and everything mm -hmm. and he's cool as hell right yeah so a couple months go by my dad's like, hey, you know, you like your Godzilla toy, right? I'm like, yeah, he's so cool. And he's like, you know, there were movies of Godzilla. I'm like, what? My mind just <laughs> explodes. And so that Saturday at like three in the afternoon or whatever time it was, they were showing, ironically enough, Godzilla 1985, the very toy that or the very movie that that toy is tied to in terms of marketing and advertising. Mm -hmm. So I sat down, watched it, and instantly fell in love. Mm -hmm. And so it's been a passion ever since. You know, I would watch, I'd scour the TV guide every single week looking for something Godzilla or Kaiju related that would be on TV the next week or so. Find as much as I could on that. Would slowly collect the uh, Godzilla ta uh, movies through VHS tapes. And it just kind of spiraled from there. You know, there have been 
periods of time when it kind of fell off and like it was still something I loved, but you know, my attention was occupied by other things here and there, but it always would cycle back around. And so, you know, 30 years later, here I am. Mm. So like, like, like I think one of the things that, um, I don't even know what the right words, like it made me like admire you so much. And like as uh, Brian is that's like, when you're on a podcast, you listen to people talk here. You just think to yourself, ah, oh, they're just like looking all this information up. But just being with you and just like you just re- recollecting, all right, this is from this movie, this is from that movie, this was the actor. I just like thought that was just really cool. Um, so how many Godzilla movies have there been? Uh, there's been, well, let's see. If you're including... If you're including the Netflix trilogy that came out uh, like two years ago, whatever, I believe the total would then be 35, I want to say. 35, okay. I think. Mm. I believe. it's There's differing numbers based on like, okay, are we including the American 1998 Matthew Broderick Godzilla movie? Are we including the new Legendary Pictures uh, MonsterVerse? Are we including that horrible, shitty anime trilogy that's on Netflix? <laughs> yeah, oh, um, that's so bad. always... I watched yeah, it always I, kind of differs yeah. here and there, depending on who you're asking. But in mm. total, I mm. believe it's 35. It's plus or minus one on that one, I mm. believe. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, I watched that Godzilla. Because when Netflix um, launched, I was like, oh, animated Godzilla. That's going to be so cool. I watched season one. It was so dry and boring. Like, when they announced season two and season three, I just didn't go back to watch it. And <laughs> it's still on my watch list, but I just... I just haven't had a chance to go back to it. And I've left it so I, long now. I wouldn't now. bother. You wouldn't bother. Like, okay. it, in all seriousness, like, it is that uh, anime trilogy done by Polygon, the same people who did the, or the same animation studio who did the uh, Ultraman uh, anime that's on Netflix, something we'll be talking about here shortly. I know mm. that. Um, they That trilogy, like, I'm convinced that what that was was somebody had a sci-fi script and was shopping it around and couldn't get it fucking, like, made Mm. And then they found out Toho was looking to do an anime trilogy and they went, I could probably shove some fucking monsters in here, (laughs) whatever. Like, it's just so there's and, you know, you're you're a person who watches a lot of anime, too. So, you know how it is where it's like there are those series that are just really too self-serious and trying to be like high minded and existential and prophetic. But it just comes out as fucking gibberish because these people are recanting the same over ridiculous long and high-minded phrases Mm. and ideas back and forth over and over again it feels like people are saying like people are talking but nothing's being said you know oh yeah yeah so i like i said i met you for the very first time in february and like i said our our interactions on facebook were very limited to just comments and posts but Mm -hmm. seeing you in person and trying to use person you're like one of the most gangsterous persons I know in it. And I feel like if you were born in a, a different period of time and had different morals, you would be a very high-ranking uh, member of the Mafia. Um, like, <laughs> So have you always been born and raised in Chicago? Yep, uh, born and bred. Okay, okay, okay. So yeah, man, like... What's your, what's like your favorite mafia movie or gangster flick? I mean, you kind of got to go to some of the classics. I would say The Untouchables. Mm. Okay. I mean, Elliot Ness, it was fantastic. I mean, I'm also kind of thinking about the show, but you know, I, 
a lot of people their go-to is going to be like Scarface or whatnot. And it's like, eh, you know, good and all, but you got to go for something a little different than that. I mean, mafia movies weren't always like a big thing for me. I've seen some here or there. Like, it's kind of like Westerns for me where it's like, I've seen some, you know, I've seen the classics and everything, but it's never something that really got like big into, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I hear that. I hear that. No, but like I said, you just like, walking around with you in Chicago, you had this like gangster strut, like you owned the place and it was just so freaking <laughs> cool to just watch you, watch you work, watch you talk. I was just like, this dude's so fucking cool, man. This guy's gangster. <laughs> and it, it, it was, just- I don't know. I don't know how I was walking. Maybe it's just cause like, it was really, you know, it, it was in the end of February, which is still a pretty damn cold time mm. in Chicago. And I'm used to it. And other people like, the Maribals and so forth, who are from warmer climates, like God damn, it's so fucking cold. <laughs> you're just like, you know how it is. You you're uh, roughly around the same longitude or whatever yeah. latitude, so you know how it is. It's cold winters. You just kind of get used to it, even though you hate it. Nah, definitely, definitely. So like, um, you know, being Chicago, do you happen to be a Bears fan? Uh, I mean, by default, I'm not a football guy and I'm yeah. not really a basketball guy either. It's uh baseball and hockey for okay. me. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. And for the record, White Sox, Cubs can go fuck themselves. <laughs> um, I can't remember because where I was living when I was in Chicago, I think when I was getting a subway into like uh where C2E2, I passed one of the stadiums like on a, like every day. It was a pretty cool looking stadium. Um, I forget. Were you? No, I can't remember. Were you north or south of uh, the McCormick Place Convention Center? Uh, I think I was north. Okay, then that would have probably because it was it. You were taking the train down by the lake, right? Um, not in the other direction. I believe I, I was only maybe like three, four stops away from like McCormick Place. Okay, no, then then that would have been, uh, you would have been south of it, and that means you were passing, uh, well, all right, so I don't remember, it's called, like, U.S. Cellular Field or, like, First Midwest Bank nowadays, but it's Comiskey Park to those of us who are Sox fans, so... I think I think yeah, I was I think I was living on South India in Indiana Avenue. I think that's where I was, just from okay, top yeah, of yeah, head. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so I, I just want to say, like, so obviously you're a Chicago native, yeah. What's what's up with your pizzas? Because those those <laughs> that pizza that I ordered, yeah, was massive. And I don't think calling it a pizza fits the description of what it was. All right. So yeah, I mean it's where Chicago's famous for the deep dish style pizza, mm. which and in fairness, yeah, it's like one le- extra layer of cheese away from just being a lasagna. <laughs> yeah. In a round shape, mm-hmm. I I understand that, but you know it's we have normal thin crust pizza as well and everything, but obviously it's you know the great pizza debate has always been New York versus Chicago, yeah. right? Fucking get Rebecca Daling on here, she'll <laughs> go off for fucking days about yeah. it because she loves her damn New York pizza. But you know it's just kind of a style thing. You don't really being here the whole time, yeah. most of my life, you don't really think about it too much. You're mm-hmm. just like, oh well you have normal type and you have deep dish type you know it's not like there's only the deep dish but it all depends you know there's a lot of places do deep dish badly mm-hmm. but the ones in chicago is kind of most known for are giordano's and lil Malnati's. yeah um 
And that's and that alone, even within the city, is a fucking debate about which one is the better one. It's like <laughs> I don't fucking care personally. All, all, all I remember is that when the delivery driver gave me my pizza, it had weight to it. I was like, whoa, yeah. what is this? Like, I wasn't used to my pizzas weighing so much. Um, and it, and yeah, get, get a workout. <laughs> no, yeah. And normally, like, I can get like a, a, a medium sized pizza and eat that to myself. That, well, I think I maybe had a quarter, maybe two pieces. And I was just like, yeah, I'm full. I can't even do this no more. Yeah, it'll fill you up. It'll Absolutely fill you up, massive, and it's good man. for leftovers as well because it lasts a while, and like it's it's still good when you reheat it. You know how some food is, you know, you can't really reheat yeah. it or leftovers on it. Pizza, tr- thin crust, traditionally you you know usually just don't even reheat it. It's just cold pizza, and mm. that's a thing. But yeah, deep dish, you, I mean, you got to reheat it, but it's still good. Nice, nice, nice. So how how are you guys coping in in this whole lockdown phase of life that everyone seems to be going through? Oh, I mean, you know, as best as we can, you know, the situation's pretty crazy. Mm. Chicago's supposedly on tight lockdown, but they're talking about starting to open stuff up in the next week or so here. I don't remember exactly, but like for me, it's been pretty unchanged because I'm an essential service. So Mm. I'm out there every day anyway, six days a week. So for me personally, it hasn't like almost nothing is different. The only differences are there's significantly less traffic on the roads mm-hmm. which everybody who's li- who listens to this please please don't come back outside <laughs> just stay inside i like my compute my commute into from the office to my work area every day being yeah. half the time it normally is no that's my yeah america sometimes the traffic can be absolutely crazy man um, oh it's fucking awful it's bang out of order <laughs> so i was lucky enough to actually be able to come to your house in chicago and your house is like a nerd's dream you have animes <laughs> movies swords um figures mm-hmm. transformers kaijus everything when did you like start collecting and displaying all that stuff um there's actually there's a couple phases to it really because you know there's a few knickknack items in here that like i've had for many years like that six inch imperial godzilla toy i was mm-hmm. talking about earlier yeah still have it and the same one and so it's still it's actually in my bedroom on top of a curio cabinet mm. um but some like there's some pieces like that where it's like these are things i had when i was a kid i got my uh ritual power rangers megazord sitting behind me right now so some of that stuff was stuff that i've always had or i've had for a very long time mm. but it really didn't kind of start until i don't know maybe five or six years ago So before I lived in this house, I lived in an apartment for three years. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of really when I started like collecting stuff in any kind of serious way. Because before that, I always bounced around to various different places all all the time and would rarely stay in a place for more than a year, maybe like a year and a half, you know. So I was always kind of all over the place. So there I had some knickknacks and trinkets and whatnot, but there was always a sense of not having a permanence to me yeah in terms of living situation right mm-hmm. but once i was in the apartment that i was in for three years i kind of was like you know all right i'm i'm settled here and this is good for a while so then it started with the uh artwork that i have all along the walls it mm-hmm. kind of started there yeah because conventions here in chicago there's a few of them c2e2 there's anime central gfest few other ones 
And through going to those year after year after year, I started actually collecting pieces of art, you know, usually smaller pieces of like 11 by 17s or, you know, around that size. Right. So I started collecting those. And then it wasn't maybe until about three or four years ago I really kind of started collecting like the more upscale stuff, like the Masterpiece Transformers figures mm-hmm. or the X Plus Kaiju figures that I had. I had been doing off and on uh, the Gundam models that I still have on display yeah. and everything, but that was always kind of like uh, every once or maybe once a year I would buy one. That's still kind of the to the case right now. I still have two that I haven't even put together yet. But it wasn't really until like three or four years ago that I really started like getting serious and collecting mm. these uh, these larger in terms of price. That's the other thing. It's like I was always broke because I didn't really have like <laughs> a good paying job back yeah. then until I moved in the apartment anyway. So now that I have disposable income, I dispose of it. <laughs> so like so I, I know you saw the other day, uh, like I there were these things. They were like six to eight inch busts of uh, G1 original Transformers figures. Yeah. So they were like porcelain statues, more or less. Mm-hmm. And I'd always seen some of these as a kid, uh, you know, like comic book stores and everything. But they were like $50, $60. So I didn't, you know, back then I didn't have that kind of money. That's that's rich people money back then, <laughs> when you're like 14 or whatever, right? Yeah. But so I'd seen a video and someone had reminded me of it. And I was like, oh, right. So I tracked it down. There was actually a guy who was who lives like 40 minutes south of me that had like all of them pretty much. And so for like four hundred dollars, we like didn't even do shipping. We actually met halfway in like in one of the suburbs and just did like a parking lot drug deal exchange for little bus figures. <laughs> so now I have like 11 of them in the course of a week. No, nah, that's crazy. So what what would be like your mo- no, sorry. What what piece do you own? Do you think that's like worth the most? That's like in terms of actual finite monetary worth. Yeah, like collect like collectible. Like if you were to sell it on or trade it on, right? Um, there would definitely be one of my X plus figures, my kaiju stuff. It's probably the uh, nineteen sixty eight Ghidorah figure that I have because that thing, when I bought it, that thing was just over $400 on mm. its own. Oh, and that's man. definitely the most, that's the single most expensive piece I've bought. Mm-hmm. And the problem is the market for these things always kind of changes, uh, you know, based on if there's new uh, molds coming out, how old it is, so forth. So, like, those, the figures, for the market for, like, the, or secondary market for, like, the Transformers and the X Plus stuff, that always kind of shifts constantly so it's hard to know exactly uh but in terms of the definitely the single item that i spent the most money on it was that one okay 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 so obviously you're like into anime like myself what what are you currently watching if there is anything i mean at the moment there's really isn't anything that i'm watching in terms of anime like i haven't really been that much into anime for the past few years mm-hmm. now. Just kind of one of those things, like other things have been occupying my time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, back in the day, you know, probably some of the earliest exposures to anime I had were like um, MTV way back in the day in like the early to mid 90s, maybe. They had a like midnight anime uh, block of scheduling. So I would occasionally be up late enough to see that. And so it'd be like Galaxy Express or 
Cyborg 009 or things like the uh, Liquid Television stuff like Aeon Flux and the Max. And then, you know, other things like uh, Akira, you know, saw that pretty early. And then, you know, Dragon Ball Z, of course. That's classic. Because caught (laughs) caught that, like, a lot of people my age caught and watched and first got exposed to DBZ the same way I did, which was it would be on Saturday mornings on the fucking... telemundo the uh the spanish <laughs> network yeah and so like that was the only place it was really playing at that time so watching it in spanish and not knowing having any fucking context or understanding <laughs> what's going on but it looks cool as hell right yeah and then uh tsunami came around on cartoon network so got exposed you know saw more of it and understood it there mm-hmm. and then exposed to some of the what i consider the classics would be like cowboy bebop yeah. evangelion uh, uh, Samurai Champloo, uh, Roroni Kenshin, Gundam Wing, mm. uh, Tenchi, Outlaw Star. That's the one I think is underrated and goes under a lot of people's radar. Yeah, do you know what? Yeah, like I was literally, I think I was talking to Finn the other day and um, he like recommended me Yu Hakusho, so I've started watching Yu Hakusho. Yep. But um, love Hakusho. An- another one that I remember, but I don't like, I don't think I ever watched it from start to finish is Tenchi Miyu. Um, so that is definitely one at some point I want to start, I want to watch it from start to finish and see and, and like experience that and find out, you know, what I missed in terms of the story. Because all I just remember from that is that there was like a dude and he was just always surrounded by these different women and... Um, that all wanted to fuck him. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah. yeah, that's, that's it, it, was the one, it was definitely like an early harem type anime. But so there's two different versions of it. There's Tenchi Muyo and then there's Tenchi Universe. They're both like different takes on the same material right okay uh i just actually like last week uh finished showing uh, my roommate tiara you know her yeah, yeah. uh showed her tension universe because she had seen some spatterings of episodes here and there but it also had never seen the whole thing through i would recommend universe over muyo okay because because it was i mean universe is still only 26 episodes so mm-hmm. easy to get in and out and whatnot but it has a more complete story because Tenchi Muyo went about 13 episodes and then didn't come back for like a decade or more. Oh, wow. And then it was another like uh, 10 or whatever episodes, but like not all the voice cast returned. Some people sounded really different and it kind of goes in a really weird direction. So Muyo or uh, yeah, Muyo has a bit more. It looks better overall in terms of the animation quality, mm-hmm. but it has consistency issues with that. Whereas Universe all was done as a block of TV show and it has a more complete story. And most of the beats are a lot of the beats are still the same. Like those characters are all the same. Voice sound is all the same and everything, at least in the dub. So I, I would recommend Universe over Muyo in terms of just like understanding the basics of the universe. Okay, so what 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 would you say is like your all time favorite anime, or like Neon Genesis Evangelion? Easily, it's yeah. one of the first ones. Me and a couple of my friends as kids, when we were like twelve through fourteen, we collectively among like the three or four of us got all the VHSs. <laughs> Because I not know one of us could have had, again, rich, that was rich people money to buy that many VHS tapes. Mm. So, you know, we slowly over time from our local comic book store bought all of them, except for, I believe it was VHS number nine, which is the turning point from where it's like a normal anime fighting robots and stuff into like the really crazy shit. So like we missed that part where like the series shifts. 
And so then when we started collecting the latter ones past that, we're like, wait, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Do you know what? Yeah, Nia Evangelist. I think that's on Netflix over in the UK. I've just, again, it's one yeah. that I've never actually watched, but it's like a classic. I've heard so much things about, so many good things about it's it. It's a mind fuck too. It's mm. a real mind fuck. No, that's crazy. Um, so again, do you know another thing? Like, so obviously we're gonna get into Ultraman in a bit, yeah. But if I get into mm-hmm. that, like, you're also quite big in Transformers, and um, this is yep. the PCL, like, um, Transformers movies, like one of Brian's like favorite movies, isn't it? But I had yep. actually never seen it till I watched that at your house. Um, yep. Like, your love of your love of Transformers. Where did that come from? Um, you know what what kind of Transformers pieces you have. And because um, I thought it was funny as well, like when I messaged you to get your Skype email address, you were just like, "Oh, it's the one with Galvatron." Um, not Galvatron, Megatron. I was like, "Yep, yeah, obviously it's gonna, yep. <laughs> obviously." <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So it again started from childhood. Mm. Um, I was too young. Like I was born the year at the end of the year when the original Transformers started airing. Mm. So I didn't catch the initial run of it. Okay. But there, when I was growing up, there were uh, in the local video stores, Blockbuster, and so forth. There were VHSs of single episodes. Yeah. Of the at least season one, which was only thirteen episodes. So I started watching it from that. And then, like, shortly after that, uh, what was called Generation 2 came out. Mm-hmm. And that was basically just a rebranding of the G1 cartoon. They'd throw, like, some extra bits here and there as, like, commercial breaks or whatever. Yeah. But it was just re-airing Generation 1 uh, episodes from Season 1 and 2 of the show. So, started watching it from that. During that same time, Generation 2, they re-released a large number of the original toys and also some new ones. So I started collecting the toys from that one or from the second line and everything. And then it just kind of and it continued from there. Like a lot of these things do for people who are nerds like us where like yeah. exposes you at a little young age to something. And it's just kind of, Sticks you know, like with like with Kaiju did it waxed and waned here and there. But it was always something that I had a love for and, you know, uh, was passionate about. And it just continued on through there into adulthood and everything. So, yeah, now I've got. You know, the mass, various Masterpiece Transformers figures. Um, yeah, specifically, I've got like Optimus Prime. I've got Grimlock. I've got Prowl, Sideswipe, Ironhide, uh, Jazz. And then on the Decepticon side, I have uh, Megatron, Starscream, Shockwave, Soundwave, and all his little cassette buddies, too, and everything. That's a so, nice collection. So yep. what, what is your favorite Transformer? If you could only pick one, who would that be? My oh, my absolute favorite overall, and here's the thing, like I would just be like, all right, let's take out like Optimus and Megatron from the equation. Because <laughs> okay. that's like too easy. It's like too easy of an answer. Yeah. When people do be like, who's your favorite kaiju? You gotta like throw Godzilla out of the mix. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, well, that's again too obvious of an answer, right? Yeah. It's like, well, duh. So throwing them out, I go for some character like Starscream is a is a personal favorite as well because mm-hmm. he's just such this slimy Iago backstabbing yeah. piece of shit character. But I always gravitate towards the characters who didn't even necessarily get a lot of play per se in the show. So like Prowl and Jazz were two of my favorite Autobots because mm-hmm. like early on in season one, Jazz was positioned to be Optimus's like second in command. Yeah. And then, like, by season two, because we're introducing all kinds of characters all over, like, every other episode, there's, like, three new characters, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, like, these some of the older characters fall by the wayside. 
Prowl was the same way because he was like the tactician. He was the you know uh, strategy specialist and everything for the Autobots. At least originally positioned as that. I always found that fascinating. So, and then for the Decepticons, it'd be Blitzwing because he's a robot, he's a tank, and a jet. <laughs> yeah, can't get much cooler than that. So as someone that's right. a little bit more hardcore than me, who's a, who's a casual, what what what's your like overall thoughts on the Michael Bay Transformers movies? Fucking terrible. <laughs> like they are not good Transformers movies. Mm. It's a thing where we were just earlier before recording with you here, we were doing a supplemental recording for my podcast, yeah. the leftover army monsters mm-hmm. and David Isaac was on and he was talking about how the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, while they are great movies, they are bad Batman movies, yeah. you know, of like that's that doesn't get the spirit and the character of Batman. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they're not really good representations of Batman. Mm-hmm. I think the train, the Michael Bay transformers movies are just terrible movies, period. <laughs> but they're also extremely bad representations of the Transformers mm-hmm. because they don't hold the spirits of the character. Optimus Prime is the biggest example of it because by the third movie, he's saying things like, we'll kill them all and just going on murder sprees. And then by the fourth movie, he's talking about wanting to kill humans and everything. And it's like, that is not Optimus Prime. This is a broken soldier. Mm. You know, uh, Peter Cullen, the voice of Optimus Prime, he's always said very famously in interviews, the inspiration for his voice, for Optimus's voice, came from his brother Larry, who was a uh, Marine Corps uh, member. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was living with him at the time when he went for the audition back in 84. And, you know, he's telling Larry, or his brother's like, Peter, where are you going? He's like, oh, I'm doing an audition. He's like, for what? It's for a truck. And, then <laughs> just, and so, you know, his brother Larry's like, what a way to make a live. And he's like, no, but this truck is a hero. And then he's always says, like, his brother Larry, like, he, his, you know, his kind of mood changed a little bit. It's like, now, Peter, if you're going to play a hero, be a real hero. Don't be one of these fake heroes on the in the TV in the movies who are constantly screaming and yelling. No, no, <laughs> be a real hero. And so that's you know he used that and his voice as a basis for Optimus Prime. That's how I got the part famously, and so he's been playing the character more or less ever since. Yeah. There was a span of like the '90s that he didn't and everything. But the thing is that, but like so, having Optimus then yelling. And just murdering people and talking about we'll kill them all. That's not Optimus Prime. That is a soldier who is broken yeah. after years of war and everything, which would be an interesting take if they did something with that. But they just use that. No, that's Optimus Prime. Like, no, that's not Optimus Prime. Like, they're bad representations of all the characters, pretty much. See, that's, that's... And just because they just because they kind of look like them. And, oh, he transformed to a truck just like <laughs> he did in the show. Like, that's not going to do anything for me because yeah. he's a truck in every fucking version. Mm. But. The one thing I will say is this, and it's not a it's indirect positives that the Michael Bay movies had on the franchise as a whole are things like uh, Peter Cullen hadn't played Optimus Prime since the 80s before that movie. There were various versions of the character sent in like uh, Japanese animes and everything that they had other people doing the voice of Optimus for. So the movies were what catapulted him back to playing the voice and has made him kind of the go-to you need to get him to play the character of Optimus ever since in anything. Yeah. In the video games and the cartoons and various other things, he's now almost always the voice. Yeah. So the movies created that. The movies also 
created what I think is the best version of Transformers ever, the Transformers Prime uh, animated series, okay. which it, I think it is a fantastic representation of the series as a whole. And they cherry pick some of the best ideas from various incarnations of the franchise and, you know, jettison all the stuff that they don't like about it and then create their own new versions of all these. It's kind of a greatest hits in a lot of different ways, in my opinion, at least. So and that became that came out and was made as a direct result of the Michael Bay movies being out at the time. So they wanted a different version that was a bit more for kids on the small screen. And so they created that as a result of it. And they put time, money and uh, budget behind it and really let the storytellers tell good stories. So there's some indirect positives from the Transformers. <laughs> so like I said, for me, movies. for me as a casual, I really enjoyed them. What was also all the explosion, all the action. Um and I just found them really fun movies. So that's cool. What did you think of Beast, Beast Wars? Cause I, growing up, I was a massive fan of Beast Wars and I would, um, love to see that adapted into a live action. Um, if they can make it happen with a good script and everything. Uh, first of all, they are making it happen. Is that, is that been fully confirmed though? Yeah. Okay. More or less. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, if, yeah. If so the, that that is happening. It's going to be one of the next live action ones. Is they're going to do a Beast Wars movie? Um, I really liked it too. You know, I that came out in 1996, so mm-hmm. I was 12 years old at the time. Okay. 11, 12. So it was right the right time. You know, I'd get up mornings Monday through Friday. I'd actually get up early for school because I'd you know get ready, sit down, watch the the newest <laughs> episode, and then go to school. Mm. And it it was really good. You know it was the first real Transformers in America since the original series and Generation 2 and everything. So, you know, obviously the animation quality doesn't really stand up to today's standards. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe it didn't really then either, but CG animation was a new thing. It and Reboot were the first two things that were kind of doing that at mm. the time, right? Yeah. So, but I think it did really good <clears throat> storytelling. I liked the universe it built. I thought the characters were strong. And it is, you know, if you get past the animation, it's a very solid series. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. So, um, yeah. So, obviously, like, you know, Transformers. And then, um, so what was, what, what would be your take? Were you, like, growing up, did you like Power Rangers or was that, like, a little bit past your time? No, it was I, I was a big fan of it, too. Again, we were David Isaac was talking about this. He hated Power Rangers as a kid because he'd come home from school, watch Batman, the animated series. Yeah. And then Power Rangers would come on afterwards. He's like, fucking no more Batman. I hate this show, <laughs> whatever the fuck it is. But like that was a great time for me because, yeah, go home, watch Batman, the animated series, watch Power Rangers. Yeah, because the thing is, like at that time, it was the only real way to get my Kaiju Tokusatsu fix. Mm and i got it 5 days a week and it was fantastic because <laughs> it's got cuz it's you know other than rewatching the godzilla movies that i had on vhs for the umpteenth 50th whoever knows how many times mm-hmm. you know i got a new adventure every 5 days a week for, you know ongoing for years and years so you know the the teen drama stuff or it's not even teen drama but like the human stuff obviously yeah Famously, Power Rangers is lifted or t- footage taken from the Japanese show Super Sentai, the various incarnations of mm-hmm. it. Yep. And then they do all the human stuff, non-fighting action stuff with American actors and yeah. so forth. So 
But, you know, it's got monsters every week. It's yeah. got dudes in rubber suits. It's got old giant fighting robots. Hell yeah, it was all about that <laughs> shit. Like, and, I, and the thing is, I was actually at an age where I probably shouldn't have. Like, because, <laughs> like, no, like, because I also would have been, like, I believe third grade when it first came mm. out, when the first season started airing. And so that year for Halloween, I dressed up as the Red Ranger. Nice. At school and everything. And I got ridiculed by everybody in my class. Right? <laughs> I was I really hated that, but like, mm. yeah, t- theoretically, I was probably a little too old already, or like just at the cusp of being too old for it. Yeah. But you know, because of my love of kaiju and Godzilla and everything, it was right in the wheelhouse. No, definitely right. Like I remember, I loved Power Rangers growing up. I remember the movie. Um, I always remember the the line uh, where it says, "Oh, you're gonna have a splitting headache after that." Um, <laughs> Ivan Ease, and yeah. Um, I, fucking Ivan Ooze. I, you know, I've not been able to watch any of the newer ones. Um, I think the last one that I probably tried to watch was um, the the Ninja ones where there was like three of them, and I was like, hold on, like Ninja that, Storm. Yeah, yeah, I was like, why is there only three Power Rangers? I thought it was meant to be five, and um, that kind of confused me. And then they had the um, Power Rangers SPD where you had the dog as the commander. And uh, that was, was actually a pretty underrated uh, uh, series. That I, was I heard that it had a really good storyline. I heard it had a really good storyline, but again, I just mm-hmm. never really followed it. Um, I don't even yeah. know what um, Power Rangers type they've got out at the moment. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it's a series that's still ongoing. Like, I obviously haven't watched all of them because there's way too many to yeah. watch. You know, I mean, my Power Rangers will always be the original, the Mighty Morphin yeah, era. Yeah, definitely. Because. Not only I mean, it was the one that I watched as a kid, but also the first six seasons of the franchise, mm-hmm. Mighty Morphin through Power Rangers in Space, that was all actually like a continuing story. You'd yeah. have new cast members coming in and out, but they would be like passing the torch from one to the other. Yeah. You know, the previous cast to the new cast and so forth. So like there was a continuous story there that ultimately did resolve and by the end of Power Rangers in Space. But then since then they do like loose connections here and there, mm-hmm. you know, like each season will have like a crossover with the previous season for yeah. like a one or two parter in the middle of the season. But there's you, they're usually very kind of standalone ish. They've since in recent years tried to like merge it all back together. So it's like one continuous thing, but you know, it, it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense a lot of the times, mm. but you know, having a continuous storyline for the first six seasons was a strength of the franchise that I think, helped keep it you know uh, as popular as it was at the time you know it's never been as popular than it was when it first came out yeah but uh one of the later ones i mean it's been a while now but like one of the later ones to actually be the one after uh ninja storm called dino thunder uh, that I, one I would that actually one. maybe suggest you check check out because Is isn't uh, that the one that they brought back jason david frank for yeah he's the mentor role in that yeah series. yeah i remember <laughs> that one casually yeah. That, that guy it's all right. loves everything. It's a, ba- it's a real, it's a real back to basics kind of one. It's, you know, the the main team, and it's only three, and then it's he's four, and then there's a fifth one eventually. But like, the main team, they're high schoolers, and you know, a lot of it is the school stuff, then the ranger stuff. So it's back to the basics of the original series, kind of. You know, they they've deviated a lot <clears throat> in the formula of like how old they are or mm. so forth. So. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. All right, so just to get you to know, to get to know you a little bit more, I'm gonna ask you some random questions. Um, Please do. And then basically, some of them I'll delve into a little bit more. Um, and 
then we'll probably get into the movies and the t- uh, the animated TV series we're going to talk about today. So Absolutely. here we go. Uh, Batman or Superman? Uh, I mean, we're I mean, we're not asking who would win in a fight, right? No, it's just who who would you prefer as a what character? Who do I prefer? Yeah. Well, all right. I'll I'll be the voice of absurdity here. Superman. Oh. I like Superman better. Here's why, and let me explain. Yeah, go on. I uh, hold on. I gotta grab my champagne bottle. I've been drinking mimosas <laughs> since noon. <laughs> yeah, we don't get too many um, people that say that say Superman over Batman. So I'm I'm interested to hear why you think Superman is um. You know, you prefer Superman over Batman. It's because... I mean, I'll do my best trying to really explain this here. <laughs> it's because I like the idea of Superman's struggle more. Mm-hmm. You know, people go, oh, Superman's boring. He always does the right thing. and He's so powerful. You know, it's not interesting. But for me, it's always been not about how strong he is and what his power is, right? Mm-hmm. For me, it's always been a his struggle is not to overcome the challenge. It's to overcome the challenge, but still do the right thing. Yeah. Whatever that challenge is. Mm-hmm. Batman, his thing is, you know, Batman's thing is always, and Batman's great. Batman's yeah. thing is always uh, psyching out or over-preparing to be able to defeat who or whatever comes at him, right? Mm-hmm. It's an always an over-preparedness and willing to, and for the most part, with the exception of killing, do whatever it takes. But because... And that works for him because his character has always been the one that people are, like, worried about and scared of. You know, he's meant to creep people out a little bit. He wants to keep people at a distance. He doesn't want people to get close. And he wants people to be afraid of him, both the civilians and the criminals. Yeah. Right? And that works great for him. Superman is the shining beacon. He is the paragon of what we should be able to strive Mm. towards in terms of nobility. Yeah. And so I think for him, it's more interesting for me because or i prefer him because <clears throat> the struggle that he has constantly to have to live up to that standard live up to the standard that he set for himself yeah and maintain that doing the right thing and knowing what the right thing is to do whether that's taking the noble way out of a situation or it's saying the right thing or it's standing up for the right thing. Mm -hmm. I think that is a more, I think there is a complexity to his character that people don't recognize a lot of the time. And I think that he's constantly overlooked as a result of it because they just think, well, he's so powerful. What does it matter? Because people are like, because those people are often just looking for the action or the suspense of stuff. But for me, it's more the psychological struggle for him to, continue to do the right thing and be a shining beacon for a people that he's not actually a part of. You know, yeah. he's an immigrant from the stars and <laughs> he's, an he's alien. The shining, and he's the shining example for humanity to try to strive towards. Like that's, that's a mind fuck, you know? Yeah. No, that's mad. All right. So next up, Marvel or DC? Oh, see, that's a, that's a hard one. Cause I'll put it this way because they're very much two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. These in the DC universe, it's people who have who are basically gods trying to live as people, mm-hmm. as regular humans. Whereas in the Marvel universe, it's people trying to learn to be gods. Yeah, because you know, in the DC universe, it's often these people are born with these powers, or they're aliens, or so forth. A lot of the time, 
And a lot of the struggle, at least back in the day, was like, you know, maintaining their superhero persona and their secret identity. And secret identities in the DC universe are often much more important than they are in, say, the Marvel universe, yeah. with the exception of like Spider-Man and a few other people. But like Iron Man, he's a public figure. Everybody knows <laughs> who the fuck he is. Yeah. Doctor Strange, same thing. The Fantastic Four, same fucking thing. Mm. You know, it's so and in the Marvel universe, it's these were almost exclusively or most of the time it's. They were regular people, and then they got these powers, whether it yeah. was through puberty with the X-Men and the X-Gene, or it was Captain America, the Super Soldier Serum, or Iron Man building his armor and so forth. You know, a lot of them, or Hulk, so forth, a lot of them are people who were regular people who now have to juggle the responsibility of using these powers responsibly or irresponsibly <laughs> with their regular life. You know, that's the perpetual Peter Parker struggle is that he always loses in the end because even when he beats a bad guy, something goes wrong in his personal life as a result of it, you know? Not, yeah, that's not So, I, so... Gotta pick like, one. I'm, I'm, but so, to answer your actual <laughs> question here, I, I, I really tried to dance around it and then yeah. I was like, no, I gotta give an answer Yeah, you gotta, get, you gotta pick one. I am, I am more familiar with the DC universe okay. as a whole. And a lot of that's from growing up watching like the Super Friends cartoon and then the Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, Justice League, and the the Bruce Tim universe as a larger whole. Okay. Obviously the MCU has done great things for Marvel in terms of their characters being a bit more ubiquitous and in the uh, cultural zeitgeist, because yeah. you know, Warner Brothers and DC fucked up their choice. Their <laughs> Real bad. Oh, yeah. We don't. Oh, man. We can spend an hour getting to how much they ruined that. Um, oh. right. Street Fighter, Tekken, or Mortal Kombat? Street Fighter. Nice. Well, who was your. Who... first? It's the one I'm better at. Mm -hmm. Who's your main character? Play... Who's your main? These days, Guile. Yeah. Okay. Back in the day. Back in the day, in like Street Fighter Two, Blanca, <laughs> he was a fucking monster, dude. I'm like, oh, yeah, monster. Like, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. All right, here we go. Batman or Iron Man? Batman. Goku or Vegeta? Vegeta all day. Goku's a fucking idiot. <laughs> He's an idiot. He's a simpleton. He's a bad dad. And you can tie a direct line from almost every single. With the exception of the Frieza arc, almost every single fucking problem that's happened in Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, and Dragon Ball Super is almost directly a result of Goku <laughs> somehow. <laughs> somehow. Nah, you're, Cell you're, you're was created because of Jiro hating Goku for yeah. blowing up the Red Ribbon Army when he was a fucking toddler. Mm -hmm. You know, everything that happens in Super, because Goku's a fucking idiot. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. That's the first time I've actually heard heard anyone say um, say with that thinking in line. But actually thinking back on it and looking at how some of the events unfold, and, and even like when um, Goku's fighting Cell, like he could have defeated Cell, and he's like, okay, actually, I'm just gonna let my son fight you, and then he gives it gives Cell a sensu bean as well. The sensu bean is like like I I'm I do believe though that G G Goku gave up that fight because he's like I actually can't win, which mm. is fine and all, but then giving Cell the fucking sensu bean, <laughs> like dude, there is more important things than you fucking having pride watching your son whoop an alien monster's ass. 
the fucking fate of the world is at stake here. And you threw him a fucking full health. You gave him a goddamn elixir. Are you kidding me? Uh, you fucking idiots. What should that for the first? I was like, what are you doing? Like, uh, I, I, uh, yeah, the, the sayings like, are it's crazy. Great, it's great that you have that much confidence in your son and everything. But it's more important than that right now. Like, <laughs> fucking get over your stupid want to fight everything self. Yeah, like, what... and again, he's a terrible father. He did oh, yeah. that. He's he was barely around oh, for Gohan. God. He mm. wasn't even around for the first seven years of Goten's life. <laughs> he was dead and was just like, you know what? I'm not going to come back. It doesn't matter that my wife is pregnant right now and has a bun in the oven and also my 11-year-old son, whom I almost got killed because of my arrogance. No, no, no. I'm just going to stay dead for the next seven years. But when does he come back? Ooh, there's a tournament that happens. <laughs> Ooh, I get to fight some people. Ooh, boy. Meanwhile, yeah. Vegeta gets married, settles mm-hmm. down, kind of, has a fucking kid. He's not the best father initially, but by Super, he's a damn good father. Yeah, no, definitely. He, he, he like, my, my favorite character is definitely Vegeta as well. I like the whole, like, kind of like anti villain that he is sometimes, especially like in the margin, oh, yeah. in the margin boo saga where he's like, he just wants so much more power so he can be better than Goku. Um, so yeah, Vegeta's always like, Chi Chi Obama. Bama, Chi-Chi's a fucking nag. <laughs> like, I understand why, because she's married to Goku, <laughs> but, like, she's zero fun. Mm. Like, Bulma is practical. She's a genius scientist. Yeah. Yes, she's rich as hell. That helps, but, like, she's a fucking genius. Like, I'll tell you something I hate about Super is the fact that She's constantly, her job is to feed these fucking ultra-powered beings who are willing to willy-nilly blow up the earth that they so feel like. And, like, she is saving the world on a daily basis by cooking. <laughs> and I'm like, she's a scientist. She invented fucking time travel, people. Yeah, nah, definitely, man. They do kind of undercut later episodes of Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super. Um, subs or dubs? Depends on what it is. It, it, it is that that is true it's very dependent mm-hmm. like especially for anime it depends on what i first saw it as so cowboy bebop has to be dubbed i mm-hmm. will not watch it subtitled evangelion same thing has to be dubbed a lot of those tsunami stuff like gundam wing and tenshi muyo and Veroni kenshin and outlaw star gotta be dubbed mm-hmm. that's how i saw it that's what i know it as see do you know what fu- do you know what's funny i feel like those like 90s animes yeah the dubs were just done much better i think like when i listen yeah. to a lot of modern day animes um let's say like black Clover and naruto they're just so like high pitch and overactive it, it, it doesn't really well, I'll tell the you why. And I'll tell you why. Mm. It's because once anime started becoming really big here in the US, mm-hmm. you know, before that, they were just kind of doing it as they went along. Like, you know, uh, Christopher Sabat, he's said many times on talks about like Dragon Ball Z and everything about like they didn't get any uh, material for the longest time directly from Japan or Funimation or anybody. They early Dragon Ball Z, they had to dub it and create the dub, including the dialogue, based on the fucking Mexican-Spanish version. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they had to, like, do it that way. So back then, like, they didn't even know what it would sound like in Japanese for a long, long time. But as the popularity of anime got huge over here in the States and globally, starting by, like, the early 2000s, -hmm. there was an effort across the board for companies who are doing, uh, you know, English dubbing and distribution for Japanese animes 
to try to match the voices a bit closer to the Japanese voices. Mm. And so because of that, yeah, like you get a bit more why you get these voices that are a bit more high pitched. But I also feel like it's also a thing to just the like the main the big players of like Funimation and Shonen or whoever else. The voices for the dubs, like they always are using the same cast. Like yeah. because some of these people got big when before anime was big and like that's how they started doing this stuff. They just kind of fell into producer positions. And so they either fell into producer positions or they were already done on everything. Like Steve Bloom, perfect example. Um, you know, and I love I love a lot of these guys. You know, don't get me wrong, I love a lot of these guys. But like, you can you can tell Steve Bloom's voice in a hot second. As mm. soon as someone says the word of dialogue and it's him, you know it's him instantaneously, because like they always kind of sound the same. And a lot of these voice actors, you hear the same voice in every like every other show if yeah. it's dubbed you know especially, what i mean especially the show whereas in ones. japanese i'm sure the same is true for the japanese versions we just don't speak japanese so we don't know <laughs> yeah no fair point fair point all right so wolverine or deadpool wolverine i think deadpool's a little overhyped yeah. especially nowadays mm. I, I enjoy him as a character and everything but like he's so fucking omnipresent in pop culture these days that yeah. it's just it grind my gears <laughs> uh, the best batman uh kevin conroy in the animated series nice star wars or star trek wars but i love star trek as well okay cool 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 uh your favorite spider-man oh we're talking about the live action ones uh yes um i'll i'll probably have to give it to tom holland because i think he's the only one that did a good both he does a good peter parker and a good spider-man uh, uh mcguire did a good peter parker not a good spider-man um andrew garfield did a good spider-man not a good peter parker okay cool 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 um and obviously in kind of uh, in uh light of that um avatar has now gone over to netflix if you could bend any element what element would it be water You'd be a warbender. Why? Why? Not, war? e- not even a moment's hesitation <laughs> on that one. I'll tell you why. I think it's overall. I think it has the most utility. Mm-hmm. I think it has a lot of different applications in subtle ways that you that the show even points out that you wouldn't even think of. Of like, oh, our map got wet. You can just bend the water right back out of it, so it's not wet anymore. Yeah. It's not soggy. Things like that. Really simple, practical things mm. that you can do with it. You know. And then, of course, the question is, all right, would I be tempted to learn bloodbending? Yes. Probably. Yes, I would definitely be tempted to learn bloodbending. I, I would definitely consider it. But uh, I, th- I think that it's, you know, from the waterbending to the freezing effects to the healing to yeah. even the bloodbending, if you want to go down that route, I think it has a lot of utility. And also, I've always tried to be a go with the flow kind of a person in my adult years. No, definitely. That makes sense. That makes sense. Oh, yeah, so that was just like getting to know you a bit more and ask you some just random questions. Um, I like that. I like it because it's a good smattering of pop, various pop culture things. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. All right, so we're going we're, we're gonna to go into our movie. We're going to go Godzilla first. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to go the 2014 Godzilla movie. Um, now, I thought that I hadn't seen this, but clearly to watch the God of Monsters, I must have went back and watched it um, when that movie came out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so watching I was like oh I've actually have seen this movie um, <laughs> so if anyone has this for the first time we have a very unique system, rating system we go by the chicken rating system 
Um, I think something's absolutely terrible against Bones, core chicken, half chicken, three piece, and if it's a creme de la creme, it gets a whole chicken. Um, what obviously, like I said, you're the you're the kaiju expert, so this is fully your territory. Um, <laughs> you know what what are your like surface thoughts on this movie, and then what would you rate it? Um, so uh, for a little bit of perspective, uh, for everybody who's listening who isn't me, <laughs> basically, who <laughs> doesn't have my level of knowledge of this stuff. You know, the first attempt America did at Godzilla, the 1998 movie with Matthew Broderick, Jean Reno, and so forth, is really bad. It's, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's just a bad movie, Godzilla movie because it's not Godzilla. No, I think it's kind of just a bad movie overall. I think that there's humor constantly throughout the movie where it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. You know, people are cracking jokes. Meanwhile, there's a giant fucking monster tearing up the city and you guys are making weird jokes about threesomes and shit. Like, shut the <laughs> fuck up and get on board with reality for a second here. The whole ending sequence stuff for the Madison Square Garden stuff with the little baby consoles that are just velociraptors because Jurassic Park and the second Jurassic Park movie were still popular at the time and mm-hmm. it just come out. Like, it's still trying to you know follow the trend of the 90s action movies that it doesn't fit at all and i think it's just a really bad movie so you know that going in knowing that you know obviously i follow this stuff very closely knowing that when uh legendary pictures announced they were doing a new godzilla movie and whatnot obviously i had some skepticism because (laughs) of the last time america's tried to do this yeah so you know i always tried to take everything with a grain of salt and obviously I read up on a lot of stuff and so forth. So going into a new affair, I had a good fair expectation of what it was going to be when I saw it. Mm-hmm. And what I'll say this, it's a Godzilla movie. It is in fact a Godzilla movie where the 98 one is not. Yeah. So it is a Godzilla movie. Um, I think that it has a lot of, it has a lot of problems though the brian cranston dying in the first third of the movie was a really dumb idea really boneheaded decision to make because the whole story the human element before that is you know a father trying a father and son trying to reconnect with each other after being estranged for years and then you just kill him off yeah like the 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 that storyline is incomplete. Yeah, that, that was that one of my that was, on. that was one of my major problems with the movie, actually. Yeah. Well, and what makes it doubly bad is the fact that Aaron Taylor Johnson, the main character who's playing uh, Ford Brody, he is not interesting as a character. No, he like, is I, not. He's oh my just, gosh. He's the uh, the epitome of what I call the Johnny Template soldier. Mm. He's white, stoic, and just kind of a soldier. Yeah. Like, there's no real character to him. His whole thing is he wants to get back home to his family. Mm. Okay. But, but then, yeah, he then keeps on he, venturing off to fight Godzilla or fight, fight the Mutos. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I understand that, like, they, he can, the problem is that he conveniently follows wherever the plot needs him without any real reasoning or rationale as to why. You know, he gets on the train to uh, transport the nuke to San Francisco because. Well, it's the only thing that's heading into the city where everything is going to be converging, and that's where my family is. So I need to get on that train, too. It's like, really, though? Like, I'm sure there would probably have been another way. Or you could just call your family and say, hey, get the fuck out of the city. (laughs) Yeah. Like, she... 
They talk to each other on the phone, and he says, "Stay there. Stay put, I'll, I'll be there yeah. by morning." <laughs> You're leaving her in danger of exactly what's gonna fucking go down because, of course, things didn't go to your fucking plan. You weren't there by morning, but it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, mm. fuck, get out. Yeah. No, so there's definitely. a lot of problems with that. I think the action. And a lot of people complain that there's barely any Godzilla in this movie. No, there's actually plenty of Godzilla movies that have less, less Godzilla in it than this movie. And yeah. th- those are Toho Godzilla movies. So mm. it's not like, oh, Americans don't know how to do it right. But I think the effects look good. The action sequences, when you get them, are really good. But the blue balls you get from the three separate times that you're about to get a fight and then we cut away from it is infuriating. Do it once. <laughs> Fine. Do it twice. No. Three. Are you fucking kidding me? Let's fucking <laughs> see the action, please. Mm. What we're all here for. Yeah. But so those are kind of my general thoughts on it. Um, so it's uh, recall. Let me recall this. It's bones, quarter chicken, half chicken, three piece and whole chicken. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I'll give it a. I'll I'll give it a, a half chicken. Yeah. I mean, it's like between a half and a four, so like a third chicken. <laughs> um, I, do you know what? I think when I watched this the very first time, I probably gave it about half chicken. But on rewatching it now and probably seeing um the the next one that they did and how like it kind of follows on, um, I'll give it a three piece. But like one of my biggest gripes of this movie is the fact that very early on, where <clears throat> we as the audience and even not even just we as the audience. The people in this movie were told, yeah, that the Mutos, yeah, have basically got EMPs. And then everything they sent in after for the next, like, I don't know, 20 minutes, half an hour of that movie, they send in the planes that have got all the um, compute systems on it. And I'm thinking to myself, you guys already know that this isn't going to work. That as soon as the EMPs go off, yeah, everything's going to stop working. And it just frustrated me that people, like, you would expect to have, like, high levels of intelligence were just being tactically stupid yeah and there's it's something funny about the fact that they have those emp abilities because like i'm of two minds of it and this is where i start putting on my my professor godzilla hat here <laughs> real quick so because on one hand people are like why would it have an emp ability that doesn't make any sense they're from millions of years ago my thought on that is this well they eat nuclear energy they they feed on fission that's a common thing in some of these kaiju movies. Godzilla himself has always been that way. He feeds on nuclear fish and he doesn't need to eat food. Mm-hmm. His food is that. Yeah. So they just took that and gave it also to the Mutos. Cool. So theoretically, by having by having organs that are meant to process nuclear fission, there would have to be some sort of release valve, like a venting system, mm-hmm. you know, waste. Yeah. Which could theoretically, depending on how you went with it, could end up creating an EMP effect. Mm-hmm. So on the one hand, it's like, you know, I mean, it's all bullshit science, but like <laughs> you can rationalize it to an extent. Yeah. It kind of makes sense. The other side of it still, though, is but why would they know they have that? And why would they know that, that would work on technology? Mm. Like they use it offensively on purpose. How would they know that? Well, maybe once they've figured it, they've done it once and it's seen that it works, they just do it on a constant basis. Same way as like, let's say for us, if we were, we were, we were fighting something and we discovered that, okay, if we like put it in the eyes, that's its weak point. We're just going to consist- continuously go on that offensive and put it in the eye. 
but like it's I, I get what you're saying and I'll kind of give you uh I'll I'll give you a layup on this one in a moment <laughs> but like but like it's not like a tactical it's not something like that where it's like tactically go for the eyes or something it's the equivalent of if you're fighting a bear and your farts hurt it <laughs> So I guess I'll just keep farting yeah. and it'll die. Like it's kind of that's how it kind of comes off in a certain way. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. weird that like it would they would make that connection if they even were paying attention. But it's it's an interesting idea and it works for the sake of if you don't think about it too hard, it works for the sake of like uh, up in the stakes for them as a threat to humanity in the movie. You know, mm-hmm. even if you'd sit there and go, but why would they know or why <laughs> do they have that? You know the that's jace so obviously like i said this is this is your field in it so what are you looking forward to godzilla versus king kong and also like what have you heard in terms of like how the storyline is gonna go well yes a i'm absolutely looking forward to it b i'm not gonna say uh what i know (laughs) is gonna be happening in it okay because i don't want i don't want to spoil anybody on anything but i know i know some things Mm -hmm. and i'm looking forward to it um, but so to give a greater context, cause this is all part of the legendary monster verse here. Mm-hmm. I have for the most part really enjoyed what they've done with it so far. You know, God's the 2014 Godzilla is okay. It's not bad as a initial start. I've got, it's gotten a little lower in my overall rankings as time as I've rewatched and time has gone on and so forth, but it's not bad by yeah. a stretch of the imagination. It's not a bones, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. as rating would be, it's not a skip it or a toss it or anything. Yeah. Um, Kong Skull Island, I really thought they did a very good job on. Uh, so that would be like a three-piece for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters from last year is two chickens. Two whole fucking two chickens. Two whole chickens. I, that, I love that movie so fucking much. I, it is in my top ten. Already? In kaiju movies, it is my in my top ten. Oh, easily. That's, that's crazy. It might even, you know, depending on if how Kong versus Godzilla does, or Godzilla versus Kong, sorry. Yeah. Kong versus Godzilla is from 1962, 63, and Godzilla vs. Kong is what's coming out later this year. Mm. They I've, got to reverse I it. think from the second one, I just remember having a problem with the girl just being really stupid and just like constantly putting herself in danger and just, and then like the mom being dumb as well. I think that's what annoyed me about that movie, but I haven't seen that movie probably since it came out. Yeah, it's it's one of those that like I had problems with uh, the mother character for the first two times I watched it, but then the third time I watched it, and that was, was all like the same weekend or week, by the way. <laughs> uh, I it really made a lot more sense to me, like, and I actually got it. And it it I there's so many things in that movie that are also like nice little nods, as subtle nods to kaiju fans who yeah. know this stuff for a long time, mm-hmm. like little things that like each of the outposts where like Godzilla, where the underwater bases for Godzilla, and the place where Mothra hatches and where Rodan's being kept, they're all numbered after the year their original appearance was. Okay. That's pretty cool. So like little things like that. We have Mazers in there, which is a which is a constant in Toho Kaiju verse stuff. Mm. Is they're just laser tanks or like lightning tanks or whatever. Yeah. So having those in there was was really cool and fun. They did a great job with the monster designs for all of them, even the original creations that we don't really see much of. I think they all look pretty good and everything. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a really great like it's. <laughs> Yeah, I've said it before. It's the Godzilla movie I always wanted, and never thought I would see. Okay, I have a question. Yeah, so in the Godzilla movie, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's it's, it's, near, it's near the end. There's a lingering shot over like a mask in a puddle. 
Do you yeah? Do you know what the importance of that shot was? What that you talking about? Where it's got that like uh, snake or dragon head that's sitting in the water as it's filling up with the gasoline before he blows up the nest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's that's you know a lot of people have said like oh maybe it's like an Easter egg referring to like King Ghidorah Mm -hmm. or maybe Manda or something like that, but it's not actually anything specific. Okay, so just a random thing that they just threw in there to to look cool. Okay, that's cool. Um, and then, alright, so the next thing that we're going to talk about, yeah, so, I've always known about the Ultraman, like, universe, I guess, as well, yeah, I've always known about Ultraman, yeah. but I've never actually seen anything to do with Ultraman until, again, I came to your house and we stuck on an Ultraman movie, and I watched it for the first time, <laughs> and I found it really cool, because it's, like, kind of Power Rangers-y, and, um, yeah. It was it was it was a fun watch, and so I've always been mean to like go back and watch more Ultraman stuff. I just haven't done it. And again, I just thought having you on the episode, we're gonna watch the Ultraman anime series on Netflix and um, give myself a little bit more of a taste of Ultraman. Um, now I'm a little bit confused here, yeah, because with uh-huh. the movie that we watched, it seemed like the Ultraman was like an alien species, and yeah. there was like loads of them. But then in this one, it seems that there was like only one Ultraman and his genetics got passed on to his child. Um, but then a lot of it seems to be the like Power Ranger suit that they wear to make them become Ultraman. Like, can right. you clear that up for me? Absolutely, I can. So this Netflix series, it's a unique standalone universe. Okay. So it does something different with the mythology and the lore. And I'll get to that in a moment. Mm-hmm. So traditionally in Ultraman, the series and the franchise has been going very strongly since 1966. Woo. That's how old it's been. So like it, you said, it's very Power Rangers. Yeah. This predates Power Rangers, Super Sentai, Johnny Sacco and his flying robot, Common Rider. It predates everything. This was the first. So this, this is the starter. Is- this, is, this, this is the daddy. This is the, the yeah. spiritual ancestor for all those like Power Ranger style yep. TV shows. Yep, all of those because they're called like Sentai shows, yeah. uh, which are you know like hero shows. You yeah, know, Super Sentai, like Force or Squad or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's anyway. So in the traditional Ultraman universe, yes, they are what they are. They're a race of aliens mm-hmm. that were once humanoid looking their sun blew up they made an artificial sun and turned them into the giant uh, the giants of light that they're referred to as the one you know the red and silver looking yeah, giant dudes look. that fucking kill monsters and mm-hmm. fight and shit so but what they always have to do is when they come to earth they have to symbiotically like venom almost uh, bond with yeah, like bond with a human host mm-hmm. because they can't stay in their ultra form on Earth. Something about like our ozone, uh, like filters out the light from their star, so they can't like constantly be in that form. Mm-hmm. They can only do it traditionally. It's they can only do it for three minutes at a time. Yeah, obviously that's cinematic timing is abused in the show. It's like, oh, this is <laughs> two minutes and it's saying it's three, but whatever. Yeah. Um, but so they always had to bond to a human host. Mm-hmm. And then throughout that, that's how you get like the the team because there's always some like Earth Defense Force, yeah, the SSP. squad that they're a part of. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, this one if it's from the original, it's called the uh, Science Patrol. Yeah. So this anime, what it does is it takes the idea of the original series is the only thing that's ever happened in Ultraman. Okay. So so that happened. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then years later, now we have this anime. And they changed the timing, obviously, because it's set place in the modern day. Yeah. But the original series happened in 1966. So obviously, we're skewing with the time and everything because the main character, his dad, mm-hmm. he's he's the same character who was bonded to Ultraman in the original series. Okay. So what it's, so what they're explaining in that is that the main character, his dad, because he was bonded with the actual Ultraman, some of that genetically passed on to him, mm-hmm. and then he passed it on to his son. So that's why his son has the, you know, the extra strength and the leaping abilities and so on. Yeah. Why he's extra human. Mm-hmm. So, but so then what this series does is that based on the information they had from then, you know, the data they took of Ultraman, then they have now tried their best to reverse engineer a scaled down a human sized version of that. Okay. So that's where the suits come into into play. Yeah. That those are human made to try to replicate the Ultraman power. Okay. All or right. just be suits of armor and so forth. Okay, okay. That makes sense. That makes that makes sense. Cause like Again, I don't know which Ultraman movie we watched, but I was just like, this? Uh, we watched we watched Mega Monster Battle Ultra G- Galaxy Legend the movie. And okay, how many Ultraman movies have there been? Uh, that is something I don't have the answer to because let me tell you this: there have been like <laughs> almost forty. No, there's been like almost forty different series, mm-hmm. and then most of them have at least one accompanying movie. So, uh, fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right cool 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 so yeah again just what from, from what i remember watching that movie and this anime i was just like okay this is a little bit different to what i was expecting but um i really enjoyed it um i would definitely give this a free piece um i thought like the animation was really cool um i just really enjoyed the, the um the action set pieces i felt like the i wouldn't say the karate that i was using but like the movements that i were using and like a lot of takedowns and stuff like that was just really good um it had a really strong opening episode just introducing you to like Ultraman Universe and explaining what was going on. Um I didn't understand, yeah, that in episode one, yeah, so obviously he's got this suit in it that like transforms into Ultraman. So when his dad was getting bus up here, yeah, I was thinking, why did he not put a suit on in the aeroplane? Or why did he not put a suit on as he was flying down like Iron Man style? Why did he wait to land and then put a the suit on? Um, dramatic reasons, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it just made me laugh. I just thought that was quite ridiculous, isn't it? Um, yeah, I mean that's uh, that that happens. You know, you gotta kind of, uh, you know, it's anime. You just gotta, gotta <laughs> yeah, do that. you just go with dramatic flip. So obviously, as someone that's a little bit more versed in the Ultraman world, how does this like rank in the universe, or like how how, how what 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 would you rate this? Well, I mean, going by your rating, I'm actually going to mirror what you said. I'm going to also give it a Mm three-piece. I think that they do a pretty good job of taking the core stuff of the mythology and doing something a bit different with it. I think the animation is good at times, but I I always have a problem with uh, 3D anime in general. Yeah. I feel like just because the way – how expressive an animated anime can be, I feel like 3D – they always do it on the cheap and I feel like there's missed opportunities with it. I would have liked this personally. I would have preferred it to actually just be a normal 2d anime, but you know, for what it is, I think they do pretty well. Uh, Cause it's the same studio that did the Netflix, uh, Godzilla trilogy. And that was God awful. 
both an animation and story and everything involved with it. But anyway, mm. uh, um, I think they did a good job. They do a lot of interesting stuff with some of the lore bits. You know, we start off with just Ultraman, and then we have Ultra Seven, and then we have the kid uh, Ultra uh, Ace at the end. Yeah. Those are three. Uh, those are three of the traditional Ultraman as well. Um, they a lot of the monsters that you're seeing throughout this are callbacks and versions of. Uh, the traditional Ultraman monsters. Mm -hmm. the, the armored guy from the first episode who we see throughout it, Bemlar, yeah. he's the that's the name of the monster that the original episode of the original Ultraman that he fought in. Okay. okay. The one that's got the, the gun arms a couple of episodes in, uh, that's the uh, that's a version of the Balton alien, which is one of the most famous uh, Ultraman villains. A lot of these, the big, uh, the big monster looking one what? that was in the cage fighting with Jack. So, and then they had to kill on the street. That's, yeah, no, that's <laughs> Astron, another one. Like a lot of these, and spoiler alert for you, Jack, yeah. he'll be an ultra, he's an Ultraman too. Yeah, that, no, that, that was obvious. Like that was so yeah. bait that in, in the way that I described him and how he was like interacting with the SSP. Um, yep. I, I am looking forward to the season two of that because I want to see like where the story goes. Uh, obviously, want to find out like because obviously <clears throat> the kid that had the um, like the robotic arms, he yeah, got he actually got fucked up at the end of the season. Yeah, poor poor Seiji, but also like those the characters who are in those suits, more uh, Seiji uh, and Moroboshi. Yeah. Those are names of the people, the humans that were bonded to the Ultras in their respective series as well. Uh... Like, they do a good job of doing all that kind of stuff, tying it back in. That boss who was the head of the gangster group at the very, the last episode, Ace Killer, that's yeah. a classic Ultraman Ace villain. Mm. So oh. a lot of this stuff ties back into that. And I am curious to see what the larger story is going to ultimately end up being. and Because, well, like, it's it's from a manga. And actually, yeah. Tierra has the first four volumes of it, which I believe is where this first season goes up to, is these first four volumes. Oh. But there's, like... 14 of them the volumes now so the manga is well ahead of where the show is at so i'm curious to see as well yeah because like i wanted to see um because is it Bem bemler like, yeah bemler he, he, he was like i want to destroy the the, the galaxy cluster people who like yeah and i was just like oh this is this is an interesting like little twist because obviously they kind of portray him as the villain at, the villain at the beginning and then you've got that next guy with the teeth. Um, who the, the red guy who does all the mechanical work for Seiji? No, the the one that kills the alien that loves off that pop idol woman. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And right, he's meant right. to be like an intergalactic police officer kind of flex. So it'll be interesting yeah, to yeah. see how like they all work together and how that works out. Uh, I'm excited to see more Ultraman because obviously like, like in that movie... It was a planet full of them, and I thought that was pretty cool. But then, like, yeah. some of them were obviously stronger than others. Um, yeah, and like most of them, like most of the ones that have like any sort of like even a couple seconds of like center of the screen, mm -hmm. they're all from their their own individual series. Oh man! All right, so yeah, that again, that's how long this series has been. This franchise has been going on. You can have a whole planet of them, and other, other than a few background just generics, like all of them are like, I know him, I know that one, I know that one. All right, so like I said, I, I this from the movie and watching this animated TV series, yeah, I'm I'm intrigued into Ultraman in it. So, what series would you recommend for me to delve into and like get that like original kind of like Ultraman feeling? Well, 
I'm glad you asked this question. <laughs> I was going to make a recommendation anyway. Yeah. My, I think a really good one and my personal favorite series is Ultraman Mebius. Oh, and he was actually one of the main characters in the movie that you saw at my place. He was the one that was dressed with the really nice hair that was dressed like Han Solo kind of in his human form. Ultraman, was it Mebius? M-E- yeah, M-E-B-I-U-S. Uh, I've written that down. I'm going to find that. Yeah, that because that was the 40th anniversary of the franchise okay. that series is the 40th anniversary of the franchise and so they it's a real like greatest hits kind of thing he obviously has his own story but in the second half of the 50 episode series they start going and delving back more into like classic ultraman stuff so like a lot of the classic original ultraman the ultra brothers as they're called the original yeah. seven jack ace taro a lot of them show up for like an episode or two here or there in like the second half of the series mm-hmm. and like the original actors who played those roles as the human forms also come back okay so i, I just asked just out of curiosity obviously in the movie there were like some like female ultraman is any of this yeah. is any of the series like follow a female protagonist uh no not yet not, not yet, not yet. So that no, could be one. Not, not to my recollection mm. but there have which yeah it's a good point there should be one there definitely needs to be one by now but um there is i mean there have yeah there have been several females throughout it most notably uh mother of ultra oh wow that's she's like not that's... actually like the matron of them she's just like that's her title yeah it's not like because it's mother of ultra and father of ultra but not, they're not like the original ultras or anything yeah, and even true. ultraman king isn't a a king or b the original either he's just the most powerful and doesn't do anything because he's so strong he doesn't give a shit <laughs> uh like it, it it just looks like such a fun series and again like um with the with the anime let's go going back to the anime um, oh right, hold on. Do you have Crunchyroll? Yes, I got I got, I got access to Crunchyroll. If you have access to the drama stuff, it's there. Okay, alright, sweet. I'm gonna I'm check that out. Um going back to the anime, I got more of a feel of like men in black than I did Power Rangers. Because mm-hmm. like their job yeah. was to go out and like, you know, kill these aliens that were like illegally in the in, in on the planet and were like feasting on humans. So it, it it gave me more of a Men in Black feel, but like with just a lot better action. Like I said, the fight scenes were just done so well. Like a lot of the grapples, the takedowns, it was just fluid, and I just really enjoyed seeing that. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. It definitely has a Men in Black feel to it, like you said, because yeah, it's this. They do that everything to try to keep the existence of these aliens covered up. They have that whole kind of uh, like ghetto area where they all kind of have to stay inside of it and everything. Yeah. And yeah, it's and like they have the the like holographic technology so that they, for the most part, will pass as look like humans mm-hmm. if they want to and so forth. Like, yeah, it's definitely a very men in black kind of look and feel to it. And a lot of the franchise and like its older days and its earlier days was kind of like that where it would be a, a more action version of like uh outer limits or twilight zone kind of a thing uh there would be like there'd just be episodes like there'd be every once in a while there's an episode here or there where like ultraman doesn't even go ultra and it's just like some weird science fiction story about like this 
meteor that uh, dropped into the sky and it's been, you know, emitting this gas that's making everybody go crazy and eventually commit suicide and they got to try to figure out what's going on. Like the science fiction, classic old school kind of science fiction stuff like that. Mm. All right. So it is like a, all right, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this year. Yeah. What celebrity like do you think is like super attractive and like you would fuck with like no holes barred? You wouldn't even ask twice. Oh man. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm, I'm gonna go with a pretty easy answer. Uh, Scarlett Johansson. See, I, I was she's... gonna say Scarlett Johansson, yeah, but I thought let me let him pick the person so that it's his choice in it. All right, so. Obviously, you're like the kaiju guy, yeah, and um, yeah. and that, yeah. So let's say like aliens are on this world, yeah, and this alien looked like Scarlett Johansson, but obviously the bits and bobs are like tentacles and shit. Would you do it? Uh, she's <laughs> she's looking like Scarlett Johansson, and is it feeling like a human while I'm doing it? I don't know. You you tell me. <laughs> If if that's the case, so like you know, the whole time she looks like Scarlett Johansson, mm. and you know, it feels like I'm having sex with a person, even though I'm technically not. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I'll fucking I'll fucking alien. I don't care. <laughs> See, in this world, yeah, I I would not be the first person to. I'd wait for like a million other people to do it first to make sure yeah. that like you don't die, and then I might consider it. But I'm gonna die. I'm like, nope, it's a no for me, Jeez. Because <laughs> gotta a- expand your horizons, yeah. Man. But aliens are crazy, man. Like, it, I, I oh. think it would be if, like, it, it, okay. So this is like going into like conspiracy theories that are obviously completely left the field. But yeah. imagine if, like, in this world that we are in now, that literally, you know, next week we discover that aliens have been living amongst us for like generations and we you know they've just been so good at keeping themselves to themselves that we've never known like it would just be crazy i mean it'd be it'd be a game changer for a lot of people yeah it would be wild it would be absolutely so crazy like (laughs) who would you think in a society is an alien if you if someone if someone came out and you were just like all right you know what I'm not even surprised at all that that person's turned around and said, oh, actually, I'm an alien from another planet. <laughs> um, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, there's obvious, like, you can make obvious jokes about, like, celebrities, like, I don't know, Tom Cruise or whatever, right? <laughs> but yeah. but I'd, I think the one that I'd be, like, least uh, like, taken aback by is, like, people I would know. Like, there's a couple people, like, you know, like, fucking, I don't know, like, Jacob from a uh, pop culture leftovers. <laughs> he was like, "I'm actually an alien." I'm like, "Yeah, it makes sense." Yeah. <laughs> I like that answer. <laughs> I like that answer. That's a good one. He's so goofy and everything. Or I was like, "Yeah, I can see that." <laughs> sure, why not? Uh, I love you, Jake. By the way, but you know, <laughs> yeah, no, that's a cool answer. I like that one, man. Wouldn't uh, change anything. And like, for the record, it wouldn't change my opinion of anybody either. I just like, oh. Mm. Uh, what do you actually what do you actually look like yeah that's that's what i would be interested in like what do you really like would i be able to stomach what you actually look like not in like i'm trying to be rude but like i have my own humane responses to certain things like i might not like the first time you show me 
I might not be able to control my reaction. Or I might be like, damn, that looks like, do you know what I mean? I think yeah. personally, I'll just be like, like, do you have a spaceship? Like, can I fly it? Like, what kind right. of what kind of um cool things can you do that I can't do? Like, can you communicate telepathically with other aliens? Or can like can you give me superpowers? Can you make me be able to breathe <laughs> underwater? Or just do you know what I mean? That I think that once I've gotten over the shock of oh my gosh, you're an alien and you're not, you know, you're not the same as me, that'll be my next my next like train of thought. Like what can you mm-hmm. do that I can't do? And also, can you give me superpowers? Like, can I be, like, able to just do some crazy shit myself? No, definitely. I mean, then, of course. So, you know, if you find out someone's alien, like, so what? Uh, yeah. Can you do anything? <laughs> what, 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 what you got? What you got under the hood here? I want to hear your special features. Yeah. Oh, that would be mad. I've always wondered, like, again, taking it back to, like, Transformers, like, Growing up, I loved um, uh, Kit from Knight Rider. And I yep. always wanted it to be like, oh, what if you could have like a combination of Kit from Knight, Knight Rider and it could also transform into, into a giant robot? I used to, growing up, I used to think that would be so freaking cool. Right. Make traffic a lot easier to deal oh, with. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. So, and, you know, you, you'd, never, you'd never get pulled over because he's pulling over a Transformer. Just start right. shooting at rocket launchers and blow shit up right oh that's crazy <laughs> that's crazy yes yeah, so i'm 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 gonna i've like i said i've got Crunchyroll, so i probably will definitely once i've watched some of the stuff that i've been watching um anime wise i will um jump into have a look because again being opened up into this world and actually watching something for the very first time as like i didn't realize that i would, I would enjoy it as much like it was really fun um yeah there's, there's a lot of humor in it uh I'm not gonna lie though, the girl kind of got on my nerves, the little pop star girl. She, oh yeah. She irritated me a little bit, but I liked her dad. And uh, mm. I, I, I wanna see more. Obviously they did they did kind of go into it about like, you know, um collateral damage happened, so that's why the dad doesn't like Ultraman. But I wanna see like maybe at one point maybe he was one of the members of the SSP and that's how things diverged, and that's why he then went to work for the police. And stop working with SSP, um, right? And I'm looking forward to seeing some of the other creature designs, <laughs> and yeah, I'm really looking forward to a season two of this actually. And yeah, um, so am I. Yeah, and hopefully, and well, with the whole lockdown thing, they might be being delayed because obviously they're probably not be able to dub stuff and um, get the audio cast together to. Um, yeah, I mean everything. Everything is kind of gonna take a while longer than it originally mm. was supposed to right now in the world, so. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely, definitely. So the last thing I'm gonna just chat to you about is like, what are you watching in general? If you're not watching any anime, what are what are you watching to like keep yourself occupied during this lockdown? <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, like, I've I've been on a stint where like I don't really watch a lot right now. Mm-hmm. I I've been doing other things like I've been doing some gaming. I've been uh, trying to get back into gaming. Like me and what you been playing? Um, lately, a lot of what I play is uh, Heroes of the Storm, the uh, Blizzard MOBA. Okay. Um, there's a lot of things that I like need to get back into. Like I'm mm. um, thinking about getting back and jumping back into Dragon Ball Fighters. Mm. Uh, there's been new expansions of Civilization VI. I need to actually get and check out and everything. Nice. I'm thinking about going back and giving Mass Effect Andromeda another try. Mm. 
What, what, what are you gaming on? You Xbox or uh, PlayStation? PC. Oh, your PC. You're the master yep. race guy, yeah? Yeah, well, I didn't <laughs> used to be, but you know. Mm. Just, I, you know, I needed to get a PC eventually for stuff. And again, I like I did laptoping for a long time just because of, um, again, moving around a lot and whatnot. But once I started settling down into place, I'm like, well, I need to get a PC again. Nice. Um, because the lockdown hasn't affected me as much as it has a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's still kind of day-to-day stuff for me. So I'm still working in the morning and whatnot. And depending on the day, I get exhausted. So I don't necessarily do a whole lot afterwards. Yeah. But right now, I'm kind of trying to go back and watch some stuff that, like, I never got around to kind mm. of thing. Like, old school stuff. Like, I'm literally... Uh, like just yesterday, I started watching The Sopranos. Okay, which I never, I never seen that. Yeah, I've never um, seen that evil. Yeah, and uh, so a couple things like that, you know, but not a whole lot of watching per se. Because also like editing the podcast, I'll uh, choose up a lot of my time as well. So mm. yeah, that's right. You know, I'm not even gonna lie to you. I have not listened to the episode of Leftover Monsters. It's in my feed. Um, I download, I, I download all the episodes. Um, but you know, while we were talking about your podcast, why don't you like plug it, tell people what you do on it? All right, I'll do some shameless plugging here. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, you can find uh, the Leftover Army Monsters giant podcast, All Out Attack. It's on the Leftover Army podcast feed that's on SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, we share a space there with uh, like Tales from the Yard and a few other things. What's your story? Um, you know, each week we cover uh, either a movie or a TV series uh, that's within the kaiju genre. And that's broad stretching. People think about it just like, oh, it's like Godzilla and stuff, right? It's like, no, you know, Godzilla, Gamera, Ultraman, Power Rangers. Mm. But there's a lot of stuff out there that isn't that you wouldn't necessarily think of, you know, like the, a lot of the classic uh, American 50s uh, B movies like them, the movie with the giant ants or <laughs> the tarantula and the black spider. Mm. Um, things like that. So we have a lot of that in there as well. Yeah, we just recorded this week uh, Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. Oh, wow. <laughs> what? Oh, oh, talk, sorry. I talk about Attack of the 50-Foot Woman, yeah? And I haven't actually even seen this movie myself. But um, there was this movie, yeah, where I want to say it's Robin from How I Met Your Mother. Um, she controls like a monster. She doesn't realize she controls that monster. Oh, Colossal. Yeah, did you guys, have you guys reviewed that? Yes, we have. Okay, I want to go back and listen to the episode because that movie just sounded funny. And I, I, I first of all, I'm actually going to watch that movie. I need to write and make a note for it's that. It's actually, it's, it starts off funny, but it's actually a very serious movie. That oh, deals really? With, like psychological issues. It's a really good one, so I highly recommend it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to write that on my list. I want to watch that, and then I want to make maybe make that my first Leftover Monsters one to watch. Okay. Um, you've yeah. definitely done like Pacific Rim in it. Oh yeah, uh, uh, I'm definitely gonna listen to that one. I like I like Pacific Rim. Yep, we I love again. It's in my top ten for the genre. Yeah, what the first one or the second yeah. one or both? First one, first, first one. one. Yeah, second one's just kind of middle of the road. It's not mm. that great. Yeah, it's it's it, it, you you notice the lack of Guillermo del Toro directing it. In the 100%. second one, hundred percent. Yeah, so your leftover monsters where you talk kaiju's monsters and all mm-hmm. things. Yeah, so guys, if you want to listen to more Hopner, that's where you need to find him. Um, I'm hopefully gonna be when King wait when 
Kong is it Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla vs. Kong? Godzilla versus Kong. When Godzilla vs. Kong finally comes out, I'm gonna have you back on and we can do an in-depth movie review, breaking it down, you know, seeing whether that met up to your expectations. I'm down for that because I mean I'll be covering it on my podcast. I'll probably be on PCL. I might be on School of Movies again talking <laughs> about it. I'm let's throw more on it. I'll, I'll keep talking. Yeah, man. You're like I said, you're the, you're the kaiju expert, man. Like God, God forbid we do get aliens and kaiju's attacking. Uh, you're the guy that the president needs to call and send to the White House. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, it's it's this thing because like since it's such a niche genre and like not a lot of people are like that big into it like all of us with this interconnecting from like podcast networking it's like well if we're talking anything remotely about that we gotta have dan on, right? yeah i'll do it you're, the, yeah. you're the pro man you're the guy with all the knowledge man uh, I, not all the knowledge but there are people in the fandom who know way more than me mm. like for like i know a good deal of behind the scenes stuff but like me, I always focus more of like in lore, mm-hmm. you know, like in the universe of the movie as it's taking place kind of a thing. But like there's people who know so much of like behind the scenes stuff and like can name an actor or an actress in every single movie they've been in kaiju or no. Yeah. And like crazy stuff like that. So like I, I'm just the local all y'all's expert. <laughs> I'm not the expert. I'm just all y'all's expert. Uh, so before we wrap There's, up there are people who know more than me. Yeah. Before we wrap up though, I remember one time you sent me a picture of like someone in the kaiju world. Who was that and how did that experience go about? Oh god, what which which picture was that? Was that over text or on Facebook? Yeah, uh, probably Facebook. I'm gonna see. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling through this. See if I can <laughs> find, find what you're talking about. Because sure was, was it a you. picture of me with them in it? I'm pretty sure it was. Wow, there's no nothing here. Oh, hmm. I felt like you had met like one Don't of know. the people from Godzilla or something. And oh no, I've I've met a lot of people because there's an annual convention here that happens every year called G Fest. So <laughs> like I've I've met. Uh, plenty of people um, who have been in the movies, but the, pro- the one you're probably thinking of is when I met Kem- uh, Kempachiro Satsuma, and he was the guy in the Godzilla suit from the 80s and 90s. Okay, so w- w- what was that like, me and the actual guy that played Godzilla? Really good. You know, I let him know, like, hey, you, your first Godzilla, uh, your first movie, because he'd been in two of the movies from the 60s and 70s but he wasn't godzilla he was one of the other monsters Mm -hmm. but you know i told him like you know your first time playing godzilla was my first godzilla movie oh that's you know and it was that it was a real like the dude's really cool he's really animated too like he had an hour-long panel Mm -hmm. that year on saturday and we didn't even he didn't even get to suit acting stuff he didn't uh, even get to like when he became Godzilla, <laughs> like an hour long, and we didn't even get to that subject because he was just talking about like his uh, how he got into like movie making and uh, acting and everything, like this whole long thing. And he's like jumping up, and like he's in his you know like mid late fifties, mm. and he's like jumping up and walking around animated, all animated, and like making motions and everything and whatnot, and acting it out like it's a stage play. <laughs> and it's like dude's got a shit ton of energy. You'd have to to be in one of those suits you know but you know um and also then uh when he was doing the autograph session at least when i was doing it mm-hmm. you know the cosplay is the thing we know in nerd conventions yeah obviously kaiju cosplay a little less but it does it is there 
So there were three separate people that year who made their own Godzilla suits. And, mm. you know, they so they while I was in line, they walked over there and there's a video you can find. It's on like Facebook and YouTube or whatever. Mm. And like he stops the autograph signing to then like have like five minutes with them to be like, all right, no, see, so here's what you got to do. Nope, your, your shoulder is going to be up like this and you got to have your hands out like this, you know, and he's like helping people like no proper positioning and standing and everything for it. Like, show them that this is how you walk like Godzilla. <laughs> oh, so that, I, I, you know, I've seen that video floating around. So that was actually at yep. the con that you go to. Yeah, I was I was just like off. I'm like just behind the people that are in the back of the shot there in that line. I'm in that line like just around the corner of it, or I might actually be behind the pillar that is that you see during that. Hey, I'm gonna have to watch that and see if I can see a glimpse of Hapner. No, I know I've looked. And you, <laughs> I'm not in the shot anymore. I know that much. No, oh, okay, that's crazy. But yeah, dude, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the episode, man. Um, it's you're a lot like, of fun, my man. Like I said, you're my kaiju expert, and um, anytime I have anything to do with kaiju's, I'll, I'll ask your opinion to see whether I should watch it or not. Um, and I'm glad you told me to watch that Ultraman on um, anime on Netflix because I thoroughly enjoyed it. I pretty much binged it in one sitting, other than the couple of hours I had to go to work, um, yep. and I came back in the morning and finished it nice yeah no i'm glad i'm really glad you enjoyed it you know it's i i always i always say the genre isn't for everybody mm. but for the people who find an interest and in an in way into it i always have uh, follow-up recommendations for people nice 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 well yeah man that brings us to the end of the episode man um yeah that's what i can really say is thanks again for being on um i literally fingers crossed everything goes back to normal and i'm really hopeful that i can hang out with you again at C2E2 next year. Um, yeah, let's let's hope that's the thing that still happens. Yeah, definitely. Who the hell knows? <laughs> Boy, we will find out soon enough. But yeah, Indeed. Daniel, say bye to the people. Hey, bye bye everybody. You got you got to go home because you can't stay here and you shouldn't be out of your home anyway. Right now. <laughs> All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Take care now. Bye bye now. <laughs>